Rebecca gave her heart to the Lord this morning. Praise Praise Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We ought to all just get up and jump and run around. Woo! <laughs> Praise God. Diane, you can lead us. Come on, Diane. Let's go. Hallelujah. I tell you what, let's practice something. Thank you, Lord, for saving Rebecca. Thank you, Lord, for saving Rebecca. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something to rejoice about. Amen. Angels in heaven rejoice. souls born to the kingdom of God. Amen. Is she the first person that got saved in this church this year? Yeah, the first one this year. This year? Mm -hmm. This year. Yeah, this year. 2021. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, again. Thank Hallelujah. You, thank you, Lord. reading tonight in verse number 11. Verse number 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. God wants something perfected in us. He wants his love perfected in us. Say, God wants his love perfected in me. Why is it that I need love? Because everything about the kingdom of God is going to operate through this here. This is the very nature of God, is the love nature. So there's so much about that that we don't know, that the Father wants us to know. We have concepts of the word love, and some of it is so off the wall that it has absolutely nothing to do with the love of God. Just the difference is day and night. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Let me read that again. Listen to that phrase. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in God, and God, he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect made mature, made complete. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Catch that phrase right there. Because as he <coughs> is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. 
because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. And he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he, how can he say, or how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man. That Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. That we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit. I ask you for divine utterance tonight. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Now, John made a reference to one statement that really stands out to me. It's one, but it's many that really stand out to me. He said, believe the love. You would say, well, some would say, well, Believe in Jesus. Believe in the testimony. And John says, believe the love. Because the love of God through Jesus was being demonstrated. That's why I say everything about the kingdom of God works through this love. And as we yield ourselves to love and as we are perfected in love or completed in love or grow in love, you will find that your capacity for the kingdom of God to operate in you is going to function much through this love. So guard your love walk. People, people use this word real flippantly. Sometimes it's used as a cliche. People say, oh, I love you. And they don't know more love you than a man in the moon. They think that I love my dog. I love my cat. I love pizza. No, you might like pizza and you might like your cat and you might like all of these other things. But this love that it's talking about here is a divine love. Or it went somewhere in me. I'm a talking with a deeper voice. <laughs> but this love, this God kind of love, and that's the way when you when you take and you read in the Bible when it's talking about love, it's talking about the God kind of love. That's the kind of love that gives with no strings attached. We went a little teeny bit in Sunday school this morning talking about this. A lot of times people do things and are motivated by things because they'll, they'll be kind to you, but they want something in return. And I made a statement. I hate for somebody to do something for me and then have strings attached to it that they think that they're going to work me like a puppet. I despise that with a passion. You know, it's not love at all. It's manipulation. And sometimes we do it not knowing it, especially if we've done it for a while. But God wants to break us out of cycles like that. He doesn't want those things operating in my life. Love does something just for the sole purpose of, be of bestowing something on somebody. God loved us when we were unlovable. God loved us when everybody else would have kicked us to the curb. 
The love of God is manifested in us. And it's the love of God and our identification in this love. Am I, am I too loud? Nope. You are. It'll pick up better in this now. Okay. Praise God. But this love is the way that God wants to demonstrate all of the gifts and fruits of the Spirit, all different acts of kindness and benevolence are all done through the love nature of God. And God wants to shift something in us because that passage of Scripture that, that got my attention. See, I've been reading. I've been reading all through the New Testament this past year. And I felt led to read over and over and over in the, the epistles of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And I would read from 1st John to 3rd John. And then I'd start back over again. Would somebody say, well, you just, did, you just read it? Well, there's a whole lot in there that I didn't get. Just because you heard something one time is no sign you got it. And just because you read something one time is no sign you got it. There's so much that's in there. In fact, you can read it for eternity and you'll still be finding out things that you don't know. In fact, we'll find, be finding out about the love of God, I think, throughout all eternity. We think we'll, we'll get it all when we first get through the gate. I don't think so. The love of God is so vast. The love of God is so powerful. Now I want us to look tonight from just a little teeny bit different uh, angle of the love of God in demonstration. Because it says something here, and I want to read this passage of scripture to us. Let your spirit man catch a hold of it. Verse number 17. Herein is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. Now I want, I want you to, to picture something and imagine something. Allow yourself to see something maybe from a little teeny bit different light. If Jesus were here on the earth today, and he were walking out this earth walk just like we are. There, were, there would be something that was inside of him that compelled him to do the things that he did. When we're going to take just a few for instances of looking through the Gospels. Jesus has just came down off of the mountain. Leper comes up to him, says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I am willing. He looks past the swords that's on his hands and on his face. He looks past the stink that's in his clothes from, from those weeping sores because that was a hideous disease. When you take somebody and their fingers would rot off and their ears would rot off and their nose would rot off because of this, this stuff that was like, almost like a skin-eating bacteria. And Jesus would look at him and there's something that a lot of times we'll read in the Bible and we'll read over it rather than catch it. And that is this fact. If Jesus was willing to cleanse that leper, he's willing to cleanse every leper. That's a great hope and that's a great, that's something about the love of God that we as a church need to grab a hold of. And that is, if he was willing to do it for one, he's willing to do it for all. You had the woman with the issue of blood. 
standing there in her house, the parade of people coming by, and she starts rehearsing these words inside of her. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Now here's something I want you to see. If I can touch the hem of the garment of love, I will be made whole. Jesus, as he was walking, she came out of the house, pressed through the crowd, and touched the hem of his garment. Jesus stops in his track because he says, somebody touched me. Who touched me? And there was a demand, there was a draw. And I want you to see something, and that is the anointing, the power of God flowed out of him. But the anointing, the power of God that flowed out of him was the love of God that flowed out of him. It was the love of God that healed that woman. Jesus walked in love. There's going to be things that are going to be done by you. You're going to lay your hands on people. You're going to pray for people. And you're going to see people get out of wheelchairs. And you're going to see eyes that are blind see. And you're going to see ears that are deaf open up and hear. Listen to me. God is expecting these things to be done because we're believers. These signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, I can't do that. Well, let me stop and let's ask a few questions. Am I a believer? If I'm a believer, I should be expecting these things to happen. Amen? Ain't it true? I should be expecting these things to happen. I want them to happen. I just don't want them to happen to me. Let me say something to us. You do want to happen, want them to happen through you. Because this is the love of God being demonstrated through you. And the love of God that comes through you will have an, a, prof a profound effect on you. Because you cannot see the love of God demonstrated without it touching your heart. And instead of saying, Jesus, you healed that man, do it again. You'll be saying, God, you healed that man, do it again. Because there was something that happened to me. There was something that was made alive in me when this happened. Every time you have the opportunity to get somebody born again, every time you have the opportunity to get somebody set free, you see the love of God in demonstration. Whether it's healing, deliverance, signs and wonders and miracles, any demonstration of the power of God is a demonstration of his love. Because if he withheld his love, you wouldn't see no demonstration. And we're approaching a day and an hour when it's going to take the signs and the wonders and the miracles because God is after reaping a harvest. And there's some scriptures that you really need to start learning. They need to be part of your vocabulary. Just as you could say the ABCs, you need to be able to say Romans 10, 9, and 10. In fact, practice it with me. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Why does Noah recognize that scripture when I say it? Because that's what I practice, what you told me to recite. Why did we need to recite it? Because it's coming to the heart of your mind. 
No, the reason why we had to recite was Noah's been coming to church for years. And he meets me out here one night or one evening. He said, uh, you need to help me. I need to get, I ain't saved. I need to get saved. If there's times in your life you don't feel like you're saved, you need to go right straight back to the Word of God because if the Word of God can't convince you, they can't nothing else convince you. Mm -hmm. And I took him straight through the Word of God and re-rehearsed the Word of God and we marched the Word of God. Can you march the Word of God? Yes. We got up and I said, follow me. And I said, as you follow me, repeat after me. You say, them people in that church is nuts. <laughs> what does it matter if you're free? Amen. What if you're bound and dignified? And somebody says something about you. Is it going to just hurt our little feelings? And I said, walk with me. And we started. If I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And we just practiced the word and practiced the word. And we kept walking, walking, and pronouncing what the word of God said about us. And there was a difference in Noah when he came and when he left what the reason. There was a difference. That's why he'll quote that because it wasn't long. He came back with that same scenario. I don't feel like I'm saved. You tell me, or do go back and read your Bible and see I'm lying again. There's no there's no reason to deviate from the answer. Text that. No, after a while it got in your heart. Yeah. That we see because it's with the it's with the heart that we believe and it's with the mouth that we make confession unto salvation. This was the love of God in demonstration. And the love of God will change circumstances in your life, situations in your life. You can be all down, all that you want. But if we don't side in with what God says, and believe what he says, we'll stay stuck. God doesn't want us stuck. He wants us free. Mm -hmm. I've been stuck. You ever been stuck? You know, when the, the children of Israel were up on top of Mount Carmel with Elijah, and he said this here, made this phrase, he said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If Baal is God, then serve him. But if God is God, then serve him. And there's things that he wants rightly divided in us. Separated so that we're walking in the love and walking after the love. Because as we're walking in the love and after the love, love is perfected in us. We're walking it out. You ever made statements like that? Do you know what that was? That was, a that was a perfect opportunity to see the love of God not in action. But the love of God needs to be in action because if the love of God is in action, that transforming power that flowed from Jesus into the woman with the issue of blood, it's not a different power. It's all the same power. It's all the same love. A lot of times we'll pick and choose who we're going to love. I'm going to love this one because they're nice to me. I was working along with a fellow just a few minutes the other day. And somebody came up and spoke to him. And he answered his question, but after the fellow walked off, he said, 
I hate it when somebody disrespects me and then comes and talks to me. So evidently, they had, they had uh, a little riff. Now, let me ask you this. How many times do you have any little riffs during the day? Sometimes Sandy can riff me. I mean as perfect as she is. <laughs> Sometimes she can riff you. As perfect as you can. I guess you can do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's the, the, the receiving end of that one is sometimes as perfect as we think that we are. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> we ain't as perfect as we think. I heard a preacher one time, he was talking about these, this woman that was in church, and he called her a saint in Israel, whatever that is. I think it's a down south saint. It's a holier-than-thou kind of an attitude. And she said she thought that she was growing wings on her back, but she found out it was just shoulder blades. <laughs> Sometimes... The only people that we impress are our own self. <laughs> the love of God I help break this mess off of us. As he is, so are we in this world. I want it to be said, those people over there in that church, they act just like Jesus. They think they little Jesus is walking around. And when they say something to you, you're to stick your hand out and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. God bless you for saying that. Don't never be ashamed of that characteristic of the love of God. They're saying it in a derogatory way, condescending, and the devil will always use people like that to pour out, to put the fire out that's in you. But God does not want the fire extinguished. He wants the fire burning bright. It's the fire of the love of God. Perfect love has to be perfected. Or, or let me say it this way. Love has to be perfected. The only way that it can be perfected is for us to yield to it and to work it. You got a muscle in your arm? The only way that I can develop that muscle is to work it. I heard a preacher and he said it. He decided he was going to go to the gym he said, and in this gym, they had mirrors everywhere. And he was a little teeny, thin guy like Bobby. And he said, these, uh, these guys that worked out all of the time, they come in with these big strapping muscles and no shirt on, and walking around and flexing their muscles and looking at them. And he looked, up, he looked in that mirror. He, he had a t-shirt on. Why? Because... He was ashamed of the way in comparison, but he saw something that helped him. He saw this in reality. He said, I've got the same muscles that they've got. Mm -hmm. Those men don't have a single muscle that I don't have. The only difference between those men and me is my muscles aren't developed. Theirs were developed. God wants to develop. He's got love muscles in you. And the difference between anybody else who's successful in any way, shape, form, or fashion of walking out the same things of God is because they have developed some things. And that should be a great hope to every one of us. 
The devil may be on my back today. But if you will take the word of God and stand on the word of God and allow the word of God to be perfected, the love of God to be perfected in you, you will see yourself come up. And you'll start seeing yourself developing. But see yourself developing, not just in power, but see yourself developing in the love of God. Because everything about the kingdom of God works by love. Say, y'all should pray for me that I would just have more faith. Everybody wants to have more faith. Who wants to be prayed for that you would have less faith? <laughs> Punch him again, Rita. He didn't catch it. The question was, Noah, I know you were busy. <laughs> That's why you get a wrong answer. I said, first I asked, who wants, who wants to be have more faith? I said, and then I asked the question, who wants to be, have less faith? And you said, amen. <laughs> no, we don't want any less than what we've got. We want more than what we've got. But here's one of the things about faith. We get this from the word of God that faith works by love. So, no love, no faith. Oh, without faith I can't please God. Go right back. Faith works by love. Is my love walk important? Mm -hmm. As he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. He wants us walking around demonstrating the love of God. He wants that love being perfected in us. No matter where you fall at on the scale, of locating yourself in your love walk, whether you're down here or whether you feel like you're here. There's room to grow. I read a little book I ordered, and it was talking about the love of God. And I heard a minister preaching on it about the love of God. And he said he got that little book and he started reading. And when he started in on that book, he said, they can't nobody live like this. And he took that little book and he threw it across the room. Now, some of us don't do that because we haven't read a book. But some of us take, instead of practicing it, we throw it across the room. I've given this illustration before because when I was a teenager, which wasn't many days ago, <laughs> I wanted a unicycle. Saw it in the Sears and Roebuck catalog. And they got me this here unicycle. And I had all of these great ideas because I see something that somebody else can do and the first thing that comes to my mind is, I can do it. I'm going to pop right up on that thing, and I'm going to ride it just like I have been riding that thing for 20 years. <laughs> See, there's a lot of times in our, in our Christian walk, we do the same thing. We do something, and we find out that there was more to it than what we thought that there was. See, in developing this love walk, and we've done something and we fell on our face or we missed it. A lot of times we do what we, when I got that unicycle, let me tie this in with it. I found out I couldn't get on the thing, so we had a fence around us, around the house at that time. And I'd stand up beside that fence and I would get up on that thing. Can you, can you see me getting on that thing? There's a black man down the road and he called it, he called it, that one wheel bicycle. 
But everywhere you go, if you're going to learn to ride, you're not going to have a fence with you. But something happened, and I've got a, on that thing, and some kind of way, I busted my toe. And when I busted my toe, we had a woodshed, old car garage out there beside the house. And I took that thing, and I took it, and I throwed it underneath of that woodshed. A lot of times we do things like that with our love. We make up our mind we're going to walk in love. And then somebody says something to us, does something to us, and we become offended. Anybody ever had it happen? And we take our love and we do just like I did and we chunk it underneath of the woodshed. But every time I would walk past that woodshed, that old car garage, and I look over there, I seen that unicycle. There was still something in me that was compelling me to learn to ride that thing. It was a determination. Does anybody like to be whipped? I'm going to go back and try it again and again and again until I succeed. Will you do that with your love walk? Mm -hmm. See, this is the only way that you're going to be perfected in love. Thanks, love. Oh, baby. Love will call us up higher than what we are. Love will stretch us farther than we want to stretch. A lot of times when we would get mad and shut down or decide to walk out, the love of God will anchor us and keep us solid. Now, as I would walk past that old car garage and you see that stuff in there and that unicycle <coughs> rode in there, there was a day that I said, I'm going to get that thing out. I'm telling you this about the love of God. Don't let that love of God that is in you and for you be chunked to the side because you've been hurt, because you've been offended, because you've been wounded, any other word that you want to call it by. But trust God to have that perfect work of love inside of you because just as he is, so are you in the world. There's a far greater strength of love that's inside of you than you have known up to this point. Heretofore. So, I got that unicycle out. Got back over to the fence. Holding on to the fence. First thing, if you're going to ride it, you got to get that thing under you. You've got to get the love of God up underneath of you. But then I found out you can't ride with a fence. See, and a lot of times we as Christians, and depending on where we're at in our stage, we want to do it, but we always want somebody to do it with us. And if we can get somebody to do it with us, it's sort of like training wheels. And God knows how to work with that. But he wants us to develop. He wants us to become perfected in love. So that you don't need somebody else's crutch and support. That you've learned to trust in him. So I graduated from the fence to getting on it. To... They had these here wonderful things that they were sticks. They were metal sticks with a handlebar grip on them. And you could stick them down and you could 
get up on the thing once you learn how to do it. But there were things that as I developed in how to do it, instead of getting up on it with the sticks, I got to the place that I could get my foot right and kick the thing up underneath of me and take off. Now, I'm not telling you that I was the greatest unicycle rider that there was around. But I can tell you this. I did get to where I could ride it fairly well. I have rode people on my shoulders. I rode on one one time that was about this tall. But if I hadn't mastered those basic skills, you could forget doing anything else because I was quick before I ever got started. And if I would allow myself, when I threw it underneath of that woodshed and say, I'll never touch you again. How many like to lose in life? If you don't like to lose in life, then there's going to be things that you cannot afford to throw under the woodshed in your walk with God and leave it there. There's things that we've got to listen to what he said. And one of them, paramount, is this love walk. And this love walk will compel you to do things Jesus was walking from Jericho. Would have kept right on going. He had a destination to meet. And he hears somebody hollering out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The fellows that was, the people that was around this man started saying, Shut up. You're drawing attention. You're making us look like fools. And the word says he cried all the more. And Jesus stops in his tracks. And he calls this man over to him. And he asks him, what he wants. This man's a blind man who can't see. He would not let love pass him by. Now, Sandy tells me something about her childhood. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit. I'm gonna pry a little teeny bit into her private life. But I don't think she will mind because she shared it before. <clears throat> she said she always felt that her grandmother, one of them, loved her sister more than they loved her. I hate it when, when families pick and choose who they're going to love because of what it does to the other child or the other children. That leaves them with the thing like, why don't mom and daddy love me? Or why don't grandmom and granddaddy love me? What's wrong with me? Am I broke? And leaves you with pictures like that in people's mind. And a lot of times people are working through their whole lives trying to get past scars like that. But she said she, the, the grandmother always chose her sister over her. But she also said something else that was profound. Would you like to share it? She said, Sandy just wouldn't let me not love her. She made me love her. Did you know that the love of God in you will reach past where you could reach just naturally? The love of God wants to flow in you, mm -hmm. and the love of God wants to flow through you. Mm -hmm. As the love of God flows in you, it will do something to you. It will heal you. Mm -hmm. 
There are emotional issues that people in this church right now have because of not recognizing the love of God. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God wants that love to flow into every crevice, every little void, every little place in your life. And he wants that love to heal and to set you free. I was working on a piece there at the house and some of the timbers I was using, they had my scarred my hands with blisters with um, splinters and all that. And I popped those splinters out and uh, I like to use this neosporin stuff. I had one here that was a burn and I put the neosporin and I bandaged it up. I had one on this other side and I put the neosporin on it and bandaged it up. All healing comes from God. Mm -hmm. But thank God for Neo's form. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers and sisters, in our spiritual life, there's places that have been wounded, scarred, hurt. And a lot of times we keep rehearsing this. And say, in fact, Sandy asked me this, and I really wasn't paying much attention to it. She said, um, What'd you do to your hand? I said, I ain't done nothing to my hand. She said, why do you keep looking at it? I said, because it hurts. But I didn't do nothing to it. I did something to it several days before. I was welding and I had burned it right here. It had just got too hot and it blistered. I thought it was a little thing. I stuck a pen in it and let it drain. I got enough sense to know I wouldn't leave the skin on it because it protects it. But the skin got off of it and it hurt, it was sore. And I've been walking around and I said, I look at my hand and, what'd you do to your hand? She said, well, all kindness and benevolence. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know how we say something. Amen. Now that's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Sometimes all of our tongues stink. You know why? We haven't been made perfect in love. But God is after us being made perfect in love. See yourself this year, 2021, is a year that I grew by leaps and bounds in my love walk. And recognizing God's love for me and allowing God's love to flow through. So, Rip, I got the Neosporin out and I squirted it on here. And I took my Band-Aid and put on it, and then I put another Band-Aid on it. There are some places that are in your life that hurt just as much as that place did on my skin. And God wants to pour in the oil and the wine of his spirit. It's like spiritual neosporin. And he wants to take it in there and he wants to bandage that place up because he wants that place to heal. He would be telling us tonight that place has laid open for far too long. That place has festered and been inflamed for far too long. Don't do like me. Walk around the house and Sandy say, what'd you do to your hand? God's a lot more observant than we are. He walking around and he said, we walking around and all moped up and 
be saved. What did you do? Truth of mind, he already knows what we did. And he can heal us. Not only that, Lisa, but I saw something else. While I was going through a similar place where I had these scars and festering places in me. Because there's a time that I could have took somebody's head and choked it off of their shoulders and felt justified in what I was doing. Then I felt condemned. You know, sometimes we have these here thoughts and then we feel condemned because we just had the thought that made us feel good for a second, but then we felt condemned because that was not walking in the love of God. And I said, Christian person ain't got no, ain't got no business feeling like this. Now that's the truth. A Christian person has no business feeling like this. But what do we do if we are the Christian person and we do feel like that? Well, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to, but if it's close to the extreme, it can be. Can a Christian person kill somebody? You let him get mad enough or her get mad enough? Yeah, they can. But we don't have to let it go that far. But I was riding along, taking Brandon to school one day and had all of these feelings and emotions and the Spirit of God spoke to me. No, these feelings aren't supposed to be there, but if you're going to be healed and you're going to get past it, you're going to have to be honest about your feelings. Sometimes Christian people are big phonies. We're playing the game. We've learned all of the right words to say. God's not after people who just know the right cliches or the right things to say. He's after somebody with a heart that loves him, with a heart that cares for him. And the Spirit of God spoke to me that day, taking my son to school, and said, if you want to get past those feelings, he said, you're going to have to be honest with yourself about those feelings. Was he justifying the feelings? Absolutely not. Wrong is wrong is wrong, and it'll always be wrong, and you can't do nothing to make it right. Because it'll always be wrong. You can't justify wrong. You just had to call it by what it is. So, I had to recognize what was going on inside of me and identify it and be honest with myself about it. And here was another thing that I saw that went right along with it. As long as we're not honest with ourselves to God about those things, we keep God's hands tied that he can't do so. Not that he won't, that he can't do anything about it. Who tied his hands? David tied his hands. God wanted to reach down and work and help me, but I kept him at bay and wouldn't let him do it because I wasn't honest with myself. God wants to heal scars. He wants to heal festered places that are in your emotions. Things that you have went through in life. But in order for it to be done, one of the first person that you're going to have to become clean with and honest with is your own self. I had to. And... Let me take it just like the man that met Jesus when he come down from the mountain and he said, if you will, you can make me clean. If God made one clean, he's willing to make all clean. If God's willing to heal one, he's willing to heal all. And if God was willing to help me with my problem and to get healed from it, he's willing to help you question is, will you be as honest with yourself as I had to be with myself? And when I did, 
it started a process. Now, I wanted it to be an event. Do anybody know what I'm talking about, the difference between a process and event? Yeah, an event wants it to be bam, and it's right then. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. But most people don't get it like that. Mm -hmm. Most people, it becomes a process. But I'm going to tell you one thing, there's victory in the process. Mm -hmm. And when it's all over and said and done with, I was looking at T.D. Jakes, and T.D. Jakes said, Somebody asked him, said, how do you know when you're healed emotionally? And he said, when you can remember everything that went on. And he said, but the sting of it is gone. Hallelujah. Praise God. Rufa, that's being honest with yourself. God's not after us playing the church game. He can care less about the church game, but he cares about you. And he doesn't want you stuck. And those places that have kept you hindered and at bay for so long, and if, and if, if we don't pay attention to it, what started out as just a few weeks turns out to be a few months, turns out to be a few years, and we wonder then, why in the world have I been going around this same thing so long? And the truth of the matter is, you can't get over it. You can't, you can't get over it. But the power of God and being honest with yourself will get you past it. Mm -hmm. He can heal those places. How do I know that I can say this with confidence? Because He did it for me. Mm -hmm. Now I know what it feels like to have your heart pulled out. They can't nobody tell me that I don't know what that's like. I could look at them in the face and I say, you're lying. You don't know what you're talking about. See, you don't never know what somebody else has been through. But thank God for his love. For as he is, so are we in this world. And there is a hope for every one of us. God does not want you stuck. One more day, one more week, one more month, one more hour, he wants you free. Now, one of the things that he would be wanting you to see tonight, start, start seeing is, see yourself free from that. Now that takes faith. When you're in the middle of something, all you just want a lot of times is for the next minute to get past. Or the next. I never thought, man, that I, would, that I would see the time that I looked forward for going to bed so that that day would be over. But I honestly say that I could. People and things around you, I don't associate with most of my family because of my past. Because they bring it all back. The people, it's easier to shut them out than deal with. You just try to forget it. You ask God to take it away, and he does for a while. And then he's at God's feet, and then you just pick it up again, and it all comes right back. It's all like this here. I, I dock with my hand. come in the house and she said what are you doing? I ain't done nothing. She's tough on me. She, I come in the house and she said what have you done to my husband? <laughs> now can you picture Can you envision? What have you done to my husband? I'm all the time knocking some bar fights. And uh, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? 
and our life healed. See yourself that way. Start being honest with yourself about those feelings and where you're at. Start applying faith in God and faith in His Word because just as He is, so are you in the world. Now let me ask a question. Is Jesus victorious? Is Jesus an overcomer? Does Jesus know how to meet obstacles that, that, in, that were in his life head on and, and go right on? As he is, so are you in this world. Oh, who said that? Let me say something. The Holy Ghost said that through the Apostle John. And if the Holy Ghost said that, the Holy Ghost knows what he's talking about. Admit for one minute that the Holy Ghost is smarter than you and he's bigger than your feelings and he's bigger than your emotions. And then choose to believe him instead of what you're feeling and your emotions. Let me ask you about your emotions. Have they been up? Have they been down? If they've been up and they've been down, they're subject to change. True? God is not subject to change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we will get playing by his rules and working in cooperation with him, you will see some profound things take place in this year of 2021. What's all of this got to do with the glory of God? I think it's got everything to do with the glory of God. See, not only does God want to get it through you, He wants to get it to you. You benefit by the power of God flowing in your life. Oh, first, she said it in a deeper voice, too. But try the spirits, whether they are of God. And try the spirits, whether they are of God. Hereby know ye the spirit. Thank you, Lord, for that icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me. God is for me. God is for me. He's not against me. He's not against me. He wants his love. He wants his love. Perfected in me. Perfected in me. He wants me to walk. He wants me to walk. In perfect love. In perfect love. Perfect love will make me free. Perfect love will make me free. Perfect love is making me free. Perfect love is making me free. I'm being made perfect. I'm being made perfect. In love. In love. And God loves. And God loves. And it's flowing through me. And it's flowing through me. Now lift your hands and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now say it like you mean it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, when you say it like you mean it, you're mixing faith with it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the first ones you're going to have to convince is your own self. How are you going to convince the devil if you can't even convince your own self? Don't you let him win. He ain't nothing but a deceiving liar. God's got other chapters in your life. And your previous chapters don't dictate the rest of the story. Amen. Now we're going to take a little bit of time. Bobby's going to play a little bit of soft music. I want us to do something. I want first for you to have a talk with Jesus 
about where you're at right now and be honest with him. And as you're being honest with him, and if you're not being honest with yourself, I can promise you, you're not being honest with him. But he loves us and he's not against us. And after you do that, I want you to start believing God and hooking your faith up with what's happening next Sunday? Living Faith Crusade right here at the Cherry Church of God. Signs and wonders and miracles. Mighty demonstrations of the power of God. Be believing God for that. They might happen on you. They might happen through you. Oh, not that, don't, not that, not that. Brothers and sisters, anything that God wants to do in us and through us, we need to work in cooperation with him. He's doing something to liberate us and to set us free. Never something to bind us. It's the enemy's plot to bind us, to steal, kill, and to destroy. God wants us to be walking in his abundant life. Will you help me pray tonight? Go ahead.